Brandon. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to this month's virtual coffee chat. Today, we're going to be talking about capital gains tax mitigation strategies, and our guest speaker is Brandon Mather. And Brandon is the regional director for the West Region for Denim and Associates Investment Council, Inc. He's responsible for helping financial advisors in the West raise assets using Dunham's institutionally managed mutual funds, their asset allocation program, and through their affiliate Dunham Trust Company's Nevada-based trust services. Brandon enhances Dunham's strategic relationships through financial advisor education and client services. He's going to be sharing today a unique tax strategy, which permits the sale of highly appreciated assets such as real estate and businesses and defers capital gains for up to 20 years. So that's pretty impressive. I'm sure we're all anxious to hear what you have to say about that. Um, but before we get into that, I'd like to do a brief introduction, see if it'll let me do this, to Keystone Capital. So Kim and Pam are the financial advisors here at Keystone Capital Management Group, and they are the hosts of these monthly virtual chats. An important thing to know about Kim and Pam is they specialize in retirement planning, and they have five pillars to which they base your retirement plan on. Income planning, investment planning, uh, tax strategy planning, healthcare planning, and legacy planning. So it's important when you're planning for retirement that you take all those pieces into consideration. And Kim and Pam are great help to look at your whole retirement picture, not just one piece of that. Here's our little disclaimer. Anything you hear today is for informational purposes only. We're not trying to sell you anything. We really want you to be informed. However, if you hear something that you'd like more information on, you can give us a call here at Keystone. We'll be happy to talk you through it. Or I'll be sending also a link to our speaker today. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Brandon. Thank you very much, Susan. I appreciate that. Good morning, everyone. Uh, as Susan mentioned, my name is Brandon Mother, and I'm the regional director at Dunham & Associates and Dunham Trust Company. Dunham & Associates is a world-class asset management firm based in San Diego. And our trust company is actually based in Reno and Las Vegas, Nevada, but serves clients nationwide. I really wanted to thank Kim and Pam uh, for inviting me here today to speak to all of you and share some unique strategies and solutions that we actually provide from our Dunham Trust Company that are designed to help either eliminate or mitigate the capital gains tax on the sale of a highly appreciated asset. Now that highly appreciated asset could be businesses, it could be real estate, including your primary residence, it could be private, or public stock for some of the strategies. It could be a collection. It could even be cryptocurrency. But we'll discuss several of the strategies that we can use to alleviate uh, capital gains taxes. So with that being said, I do have a presentation on the first strategy, which will probably take the majority of the time because it has the most moving pieces. And also it's, I think it's a unique strategy that many of you may not have heard of. So with that, let me just share my screen here. Can everyone see the screen? There it goes. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Okay, so the first strategy that we're going to discuss today is called an intermediated installment sale trust. Billings Learned Hand, oftentimes simply called Learned Hand, was a judge and judicial philosopher that's probably one of the best known judges to have never served on the Supreme Court. Now in a tax ruling, he once wrote, anyone may so arrange their affairs that their taxes shall be as low as possible. 
They are not bound to choose that pattern, which will best pay the treasury. There is not even a patriotic duty to increase one's taxes. So with that in mind, we wanna talk about a strategy today that can be used to sell your highly appreciated assets that allows you to defer the payment of your capital gains anywhere from two years up to 20 years. It's a strategy that provides more investable cash and income because instead of paying that huge tax bill at point of sale, and in Arizona, you're looking at 20% federal, 4.5% state, and 3.8% Medicare, instead of paying that huge tax bill to Uncle Sam, you now have a larger pool of assets to work with, which will generate more investable cash and income for you over time. It's also a strategy that uses inflation to your advantage. I know inflation has been on everyone's minds recently, right? But this is a strategy that actually uses inflation to your advantage because you are paying the capital gains taxes sometime down the road in inflation adjusted dollars. If we were to only assume a 2% annual inflation increase over the next 20 years, you would actually be paying those capital gains taxes at 67 cents on the dollar. It's also a strategy used to replace income lost from selling the asset. Many people that hold perhaps rental real estate or commercial real estate, or perhaps a business want to hold on to that highly appreciated asset, right? Because it's generating income for them and they're reluctant to sell because of that loss of income. Well, this is a strategy that actually can be used to replace the income lost from selling the asset. It's also a strategy to protect assets against creditors, predators, divorcing spouses, and lawsuits. And we'll touch on how, the, how it's used to do that um, in the upcoming slides. Finally, it's a strategy used to diversify your assets. So if you've been in real estate, let's say for 20, 30 years, right? And you put your hands up and you say, I want to get out of the real estate world. This is a strategy that allows you to sell your real estate and then diversify your portfolio, diversify your assets. So the strategy we're going to talk about today is an intermediated installment sale trust. And the beauty of this is that it's a fairly simple concept to understand. Let's say you just sold an asset, let's say a business incurring a high capital gain. The question then becomes, when do you want to pay the capital gains tax? Would you rather pay that capital gains tax in this year, 2022? Or would you rather pay the tax sometime in the future and have the use of the money now that would have been paid to, for taxes in 2022? 100% of you would enter, it would answer in sometime in the future and have the use of that money today. Surprisingly, the IRS does give you a choice of paying the tax now or sometime in the future. And it's all based on IRS tax code 453, which has been around since 1913. At the end of the day, the day, this strategy is simply based on tax code. It's not a product or marketing program. It's a strategy using IRS section code 453. Now, many of you may be familiar with IRS section code 43 as your traditional installment sale. Let's say you have a highly appreciated business that you're looking to sell. You find a buyer 
and negotiate the terms of the sale, but instead of receiving the proceeds up front, no cash changes hands. And instead, what you receive is a promissory note, basically stating that the buyer will pay you back in installments over time. Now, because you haven't received any cash up front, there's no constructive receipt and there are no current taxes due, right? Now, over time, when you receive those installments, that's when you would be paying those capital gains taxes. So this section code 453, the installment sale, does allow you to spread out those capital gains taxes over a specific period of time. But there's a risk to this, right? Because what happens if you sell that business and the buyer runs that business into the ground? Or what happens in the case of real estate if we experience another 2007, 2008, and that real estate value plummets? The risk is that that buyer may not be able to fulfill his promise or her promise, may not be able to pay those installments, All right? This is where an intermediate installment sale trust can come in as a solution. It still has its foundation in IRS section code 453, but what it does is it alleviates that risk of selling directly to the buyer. So let's say you have the same situation. You have a business that you're looking to sell. You find a buyer and negotiate the terms of the sale, but before closing, and let's say the business is selling for $5 million, before closing, our trust company, Dunham Trust Company, steps in between you and the buyer. Dunham Trust Company essentially purchases your business and provides you with a promissory note, extending anywhere from two years up to 20 years. Our trust company then swivels our chair around and faces the buyer. We provide the buyer with that same exact business they're looking to purchase. And the buyer comes to the table with the money and places that $5 million inside of a Nevada-based intermediated installment sale trust, all right? This is called the intermediate installment sale trust. And once again, provides the benefits of eliminating the risk associated with carrying the note from the buyer, right? Now we know where the money's located. It's being managed by your financial advisors, right? But we know there's not a risk of the buyer defaulting on those payments because the money's inside that trust. It's a strategy that defers the payment of capital gains, once again, up to 20 years provides more investable cash and income because we haven't yet paid those capital gains taxes, uses inflation to your advantage, and protects the assets against creditors, predators, and lawsuits. Because the money is placed in a Nevada-based intermediate installment sale trust, Nevada has some of the top asset protection laws in the country, right? So the money inside that trust is protected. Also replaces the income lost from selling the asset and diversifies your assets as well. I wanna take a look at a hypothetical case study really to show this strategy in works. This is a, actually a client based in California where they own 100% of the asset, let's say it's real estate in this case, valued at $5 million with a cost basis of $500,000. That means there's $4.5 million of gain 
in that sale, which is going to be susceptible to capital gains tax. Now, the applicable tax rates are 20% federal, 13.3% state of California, and 3.8% Medicare tax. That means that you're paying $900,000 in federal capital gains taxes, 598,000 in state, 171,000 in Medicare, totaling $1.669 million in capital gains tax that's going to Uncle Sam, leaving you with approximately $3.33 million to work with. But what if we compared that outright sale with an intermediate installment sale trust, right? As we discussed, the outright sale, you're left with $3.33 million. With an installment sale, you have just shy of that $5 million to work with. That $4.9 million is net of an attorney fee to draft the trust, as well as Dunham Trust Company's one-time onboarding fee of one quarter of 1%. Still, you have $4.9 million to work with. Now, if we assumed a 6% rate of return on, the, on, that, on those values, right? You're generating around $200,000 from an outright sale of income. With the intermediate installment sale, however, you're generating about $71,000 more in annual income from the trust. Over 20 years, that's gonna be $3.99 million from an outright sale in income and $5.4 million from the install installment sale. You will still be susceptible to paying the capital gains taxes 20 years down the road at whatever the current capital gains taxes rates are. But what you've done is you've given yourself an economic advantage close to $1.4 million by using this trust. Finally, I mentioned this strategy puts inflation to your advantage, right? because you're paying those capital gains taxes sometime down the road, 20 years later in inflation adjusted dollars. So that $1.6 million that you'd be paying in capital gains taxes today would actually have a present value of about $1.12 million 20 years down the road if we assumed a 2% annual inflation increase, all right? So I wanted to pause there uh, just to see if anyone had any questions on this strategy. Um, also, you know, we really work with Kim and Pam as their back office. So if there are any opportunities, we're able to help you um, really go through this entire process. We can provide a tax attorney referral. We can run illustrations, which are net of fees and We'll, we'll be able to help through the entire process. And at the end of the day, this is just another strategy to consider when you're selling a highly appreciated asset. Are there any questions at this time? Okay. The next strategy that I wanted to talk about is actually provided from our Dunham Trust Company as well. And that is a charitable remainder trust, right? What a charitable remainder trust allows you to do is to move a highly appreciated asset, including public stock, into a charitable remainder trust. Inside the trust, 
that highly appreciated asset is sold and we eliminate capital gains tax at the point of sale, right? So instead of selling the highly appreciated asset outright and realizing those capital gains taxes, we're eliminating the capital gains tax at point of sale. That charitable remainder trust then will be able to pay lifetime income to you, your spouse, and perhaps your children. So it's a strategy that spreads out that income stream over your entire lifetime. In addition, depending on the amount that you do donate to the or give to the charitable remainder trust, you will also receive a charitable deduction, which you're able to use this year or over the next five years. You're able to spread that out. I'm going to pull up um, actually a brief illustration which shows the charitable remainder trust um, and how it works. Can everyone see the screen? Perfect. So this is, this is an illustration which assumes a gift of $1 million to a charitable remainder trust. And we're assuming that the donor, the person who gives that million dollars, highly appreciated asset, is 50 years old. Dunham Trust Company is able to run an illustration for you which shows the minimum income stream, which is always 5% per the IRS, as well as the maximum income stream of 9.7% um, in this illustration. Of course, it could be any percentage in between those two as well. But as I mentioned, this is a strategy that will provide you with a charitable deduction upfront, which you can use today or over the next five years. It also provides you with lifetime income. And then when, when you have passed or when the income beneficiaries have passed, you continue doing good because whatever's remaining in that trust will then go to charity at that point in time. I wanted to give a, a quick example of how I helped a client with this charitable remainder trust. I was working with some clients actually in the Bay Area, San Francisco, that had a $1.5 million position in highly appreciated Apple stock. They recognized the need to diversify their portfolio, right? To spread out their, spread out their assets and not have just this Apple stock, but they were reluctant to do so because of the high capital gains taxes they would have to pay upon sale. So what they did is they donated that $1.5 million Apple stock position to the charitable remainder trust. We sold it, eliminating capital gains tax. And then they were able to receive lifetime income from that trust. With that income, because the clients did love Apple, they were able to purchase additional Apple shares, albeit at today's cost basis. So they were able to eliminate the, the capital gains tax issue. That was their biggest challenge, but then they were able to purchase back Apple at today's, uh, today's cost basis. So another strategy to really consider if you are selling a highly appreciated asset uh, that can provide lifetime income, a charitable deduction, and give to your favorite charity or charities. The last strategy that I'd like to share with you today is something called a donor advised fund. 
And this is really a strategy that's used for clients that are charitably inclined, right? Perhaps you write a check every single year to your favorite charity, church, or impact foundation, right? You write the check, send it to the charity, and then you're done with that. Instead, consider a donor advised fund as that 501c3 to give to. Sorry about that. If you give, if you donate to the donor advised fund, you still receive a 100% charitable tax deduction, which you can use this year or over the next five years. That money, however, that's now in the donor advised fund grows tax-free. It's being managed by your financial advisor, Kim and Pam, and it's growing inside that donor advised fund tax-free. Now at your discretion, you're able to give whatever dollar amount at whatever point in time to whatever your favorite charities or impact foundations are, right? So it still gives you that flexibility to give whenever and however much you want, right? But in the same time, those assets are growing, which means more money for the charities over time. What this strategy also does is it instills that same charitable intent that you may have today to your children, to your grandchildren for generations to come, right? Because after you pass, your children will then become the successor donors. They'll be giving on behalf of you and your spouse, oftentimes for multiple generations. This strategy can also be used as a nice tax strategy as well for highly appreciated assets. So if you have real estate, if you have highly appreciated stock, if you have a highly appreciated asset and you give to charity on an annual basis anyways, you could donate that highly appreciated asset to the donor advised fund receiving a 100% charitable tax deduction. That asset is sold inside the donor advice fund and completely eliminates capital gains tax, right? Now that, value, now that asset value is being managed, growing tax-free, giving more to the charities and uh, your um, impact foundations that you're passionate about over time. For all three of these strategies, Dunham can serve as your back office. We can run illustrations. We really take a deep dive and seeing which of these strategies work best for you. And maybe none of them do, but there's certainly things to consider if you are selling a highly appreciated asset. With that, I want to stop and uh, just pause for any questions, concerns, or anything that came up there. Well, I have a question for you, Brandon. Well, sure. You will need to you will need to uh, unmute yourself if you have a question for Brandon. By the way, so when you're talking about uh, the highly appreciated asset, is there a minimum value that you're talking about with that? So, yes, for for the different strategies. Okay. So, for the intermediate installment sale trust that we first discussed, mm -hmm. I would be I would feel comfortable saying you'd be looking for a highly appreciated asset with around $400,000 in capital gain, in gain or more. Okay. That's really where that strategy starts making sense. Okay. For the charitable remainder trust, I'd be comfortable saying that ex same exact value, $400,000 or above. 
The donor advised fund, what's unique about that is that we do not have any minimum for the donor advised fund gift. So we have donor advised funds for $5,000, $10,000. We have some for multiple million dollars. So there's really no minimum on that. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question, Susan? That does, great, thank you very much. Perfect. I would want to, oh, oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, question. So on the donor advised funds, what are the fees associated with that? Good question. So Ann asked, what are the fees associated with the donor advised fund? And we work with a company out of Salt Lake City, Utah called University Impact. They charge a fee depending on the amount of assets that are donated to the donor advised fund that tears down depending on that amount. The initial amount up to a million dollars will be 60 basis points, right? Uh, basis points, I guess, six tenths, three fifths, right? <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know basis points, but 60 basis points. The fee, uh, and then of course, there is a fee for management as well. And that will be whatever your advisor charges on the management of those assets. The way I look at it though, is over time, if we are able to generate about a 1% annualized return, which we have seen historically over time we can do, then we are benefiting more for your, those charities or impact foundations that you're passionate about. So Brandon, Ann actually runs a charitable organization. Oh, excellent. So, so Thank how, you, could, um, how could she use this strategy of people that may want to donate to her organization? How does she uh, let them know that this is an option? Absolutely. So we, we've worked with a lot of different charitable foundations um, and, and I appreciate you doing that. Um, so basically what you would speak to your donors about is instead of perhaps giving directly to your charity or other specific charities, they could donate to a donor advised fund, perhaps at the beginning of the tax year, right? Receive that charitable tax deduction and then at their have that money grow tax-free and then perhaps at the end of the year or whenever they choose, they can give to your charity. Brandon, I have a question there. What's the difference between, and others might have the same question, between the, the deduction a person would get from just donating to say Ann's charity versus putting it in a donor advice fund and then it going out? Right, so the donor advice fund, it is subject to um, adjusted AGI. Right. So if you donate cash, you're able to take 60 percent of your adjusted uh, gross income um, per year as a deduction. Of course, for whatever amount that's not used for that specific tax year, you can spread over the next five. If you give a highly appreciated asset, you're able to take 30 percent of that adjusted okay. gross income. Does that make sense? And I can yeah. I can send a uh, piece on that as well, which great. And uh, just to follow up to that, and so if you can't use all of the deduction in the current year, the, the period is just is only five years? It's five years. There's a five-year stretch. We're actually able to illustrate that out for your clients too. Um, so for clients, let's say that just, just sold or are looking to sell a highly appreciated asset, they obviously will have a higher income tax ramification for that specific year. We'd want to make, we'd want to run an illustration to show what amount at the donor advice fund, what amount of gift 
would provide um, enough benefit for the client depending on their adjusted gross income. And so that, Brandon, would be something if Ann has somebody interested, they would set up an initial appointment with Kim and Pam, and then they would run some scenarios uh, Absolutely. Through, through you and them. Absolutely. Yes. And that's a free consult, by the way, Ann. So. 100%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our, our trust company, too, um, you know, it for estate planning needs, we also do free trust reviews. So if you have a revocable living trust or irrevocable trust, and perhaps you're looking for a corporate trustee or you just have some questions on your trust, we're happy to do a free review of that as well. So any last questions for Brandon? We're running out of time here. So just wanna make sure if anybody's on the call today that has a question, they go ahead and get that, get that in before we close out. Okay. Sounds like we're all good. Well, thank you very much, Brandon, for being our guest Absolutely. speaker today. And I will include uh, the links to, so you can reach out to Keystone to get more information about this uh, service through Dunham and Associates. Thank, thank you, you everyone Susan, for attending. Pam, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate the partnership. All right. Bye-bye okay, now.